On this edition of Oski Talk, we recap the Illini's win over Northwestern, their loss to Maryland, and preview their upcoming contest about Nebraska. We also talk about Brett Bielema's new hires on the coaching staff and hear from Io's mom, Mrs. Desumu, in an interview. Let's go. This won't end well for Illinois. Here's a three. It ended well. McCourt for the win. In the air. It is up. And it is good. Fourth and 16. Pressure comes. And Matt Orbebe with the ball in the air. Makes the catch. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Oski Talk. My name is Anthony Pasquale with Patrick Catazone for Illinois sports fans, sports fans in the state of Illinois. Today was not a very good day, or I should say yesterday was not a very good day for sports. Watching the Bears game, tough loss to the Saints, and then you roll into the Illini game, and that was a surprising other tough loss. So we'll get right into it with our front page. So Illinois, fresh off that fueling comeback victory over Northwestern. They were down 15 to the Wildcats and ended up winning by 20-plus, 81-56, to the final in Evanston. They host Maryland on Sunday, um, arguably one of the lesser teams in the Big Ten. I don't want to say the worst team because this Big Ten conference is stacked, but you, you mentioned it, Patrick. This is a team Illinois should not take lightly. They went into Wisconsin and knocked off Wisconsin, who many people consider to be better than Illinois. Illinois needed to step up in this game, and they really didn't. Maryland beat them 66-63. to Yeah, every Big, team's, Big Ten team is going to be tough to defeat. Uh, it's just a fact of, of the Big Ten, Big Ten basketball. It's been like that. It was like that last year. Um, it's been like that for a long time. Uh, you can't really take any game uh, for granted. Uh, you can't take any team for granted. And um, now that there's no fans in the State Farm Center, it, it's increasingly harder to win any game in the Big Ten. Obviously, home games, you feel much more comfortable. And I think if, you know, the Orange Crush is in this game, um, you know, without COVID, Illinois wins this game. Um, I, th- I think that the fact that, you know, COVID's kind of disrupted the season is, is a big deal. But I, I don't want to blame this team's troubles on COVID. Um, in this one, to me, it just came back down to turnovers. Um, a senior cannot miss a two, two free throws with two minutes left in the game. Uh, you, you can't do that as a senior. Um, so extremely disappointing move from DeMonte. I hope he uses this as kind of, uh, you know, fuel and reason to get better at his free throw shooting because uh, it's just something you, you can't see from, you know, one of your better players who's a senior on this team. Um, you know, down the stretch, if you're going to be a Final Four team, you, you got to have a guy like him be able to hit free throws in, in crucial moments. And he wasn't able to do that this week. And um, I, I got to say this too, and it just seemed like no one wanted to shoot the ball in the last three minutes. Nobody wanted to take that last shot. Io was really uncomfortable pretty much the whole game. They were forcing him to his left side the whole time. Um, like Brad Underwood has to do a better job of scheming around that. You know what is what is Io's move when he when he's forced to his left side? If he has an open lane, what does he do? If if he can't make a a good pass, what does he do? You know Io as well has to take accountability for that. Um, and and you know down the stretch, 
you know, you gotta, you gotta get other people involved too. Um, I really thought Miller probably should have had the ball. Obviously, Curbelo's had a pretty good game, but he's a freshman. I don't think you could expect him to make that shot. And I'm saying Miller should get the ball, but he was on fire all night, really. I felt like he was great from three. Uh, he was hitting him, and uh, I felt like he was open. Uh, I'll be honest. I feel like Curbelo passed it to him. That's an open three that ties the game. So, um, you know, I got some other things, too. Uh, I'll mention Kofi's game. I feel like Kofi's really dominant when they can get him the ball, but late when they start triple-teaming him, he's got to be able to get that ball out um, out of there as quickly as he possibly can. You know, Kofi has to pass it back out, try and find an open three. Um, and when you have guys like, you know, Miller or Desumu open for three, those are easy buckets for the Illini. They were missing out on those today, and, um, you know, all these, kind of, all these problems compounded into a, a loss at home to Maryland. Yeah, I mean, Illinois had nine players shift into the rotation today. Um, and of those nine players, only five of them scored. Like, it was, it was, this team prides itself on spreading the ball around, having a lot of guys that can score. Brad Underwood has said before, we're at our best when we get six guys in double figures. And today they had two in double figures. Io with 23 on a okay shooting night, nine of 23. And he missed the shot to tie the game at the buzzer. And then Kofi. 21 points, had another double-double, but you come to expect that out of him. Nobody else stepped up, and I know, you, like you said, you wanted to see Adam Miller get the ball a little bit more. He was pretty good, three, free, uh, three threes that he knocked down. I know he's been struggling, but he's starting to see the ball go in a little bit, um, a little bit more. Curbelo didn't have his best game, um, only was able to, to pick up three assists and eight points, um, and after leading Illinois so often in, in plus minus he had the worst plus minus on the team he struggled he had four fouls not a great game from him so you needed somebody to handle the ball and then Trent goes down with that injury and misses a chunk of time in the middle of that game that hurts as well arguably your best defender and, and somebody that has shown that he can knock down shots and spread the ball around or at least handle the ball um, was out and and Curbelo was in that foul trouble so that was tough for Illinois um and like you said, a lot of it played into it. Kofi was pretty good. Um, he actually only missed one free throw on the day. So, I mean, you're not going to blame that on him. And DeSumo only missed one free throw as well. The two big ones came off the hands of DeMonte, who went scoreless today. He didn't score a single point, and he played 32 minutes. Same with Trent. So those, those are tough things to swallow. But for me, I'm not... I'm not panicking on this team. I think they're still very good. I don't take this loss like all that... Um, Big. I know it's hard to swallow losing to one of those lower-ranked teams in the Big Ten, but like we've been saying, this Big Ten is a fight day in and day out. You're going to lose some that you'd like to win. Obviously, Illinois should have won this game. They are the better team. It's a tough one to swallow, and, and I just laid out some of the reasons why. Yeah, I, I want to break down the stat that you brought out as well. Um, you, said, you mentioned five players, obviously, scoring. Colvin Hawkins scored two points. Played two minutes. Take him out of that equation. Yeah, only four. The guys, guys scored. who scored, the guys who scored, were Curbelo, Williams, um, or Miller, excuse me, uh, Desumu and Coburn. Mm-hmm. That means Demonte, Trent, Georgie, and Grandison scored zero points. They exactly. uh, they combined they combined for I think ninety minutes. Yeah, I'll, That's I'll do insane. the math. I'll do the math really quick. You got fourteen, thirty-seven. 80 something um, yeah it's in it's in the 70s or 80s that's a lot of minutes with no points so that's that's just unacceptable like uh, I mean Trent too I know he got injured plays 23 minutes doesn't score uh, you know 
at all. That that can't happen if you're going to win. And I know Io um, essentially played the whole game. Yeah, um, 40 minutes on he, the stat sheet. Obviously, he came out a little bit, but, I mean, he was in there pretty much the entire game, and you're going to miss some shots when you have to take all of them, you know? Exactly. Like, what, he took 21, 22 shots tonight, made 23 points. Uh, you know, that's not a great it's not great scoring either, um, especially not for Io. So, um, it it's you know there's a lot going on in this this singular game. Some a lot of stuff that we haven't seen yet. So, um, you you can't get too upset about it. Like like you said, um, it's definitely worrisome. But look, there's things that this team could work on. I feel like we've we we kind of know what it is, but um, it it's not it's not the pan the panic button is completely pressed down on this team. Yeah. There Absolutely. is there is room to grow, and we know that, um, and and I think Brad Underwood will write the ship. It, it you know you mm-hmm. got a game against Nebraska now on Wednesday, where I think if you're Illinois, you have to play two solid halves, right? Um, yeah, that that's first. Been a, that's I, been a I really thought, yeah, I really thought that neither half of, of basketball was very good for Illinois in this one. If I'm being honest, um, but I mean, if you look at Northwestern, you look at Purdue, look at Penn State, um, Indiana, even look at Indiana. Those are games two or one half you're great and the other half you're not. You know the only consistent game that you really feel comfortable with is the Duke game. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, it is you know extremely inconsistent between halves. So that is something that has to be written. Uh, you know something something that needs to be uh, corrected on this team. And I'm, I do believe Brad Underwood could write the ship. Yeah, and I will say too. Um, They've been lucky because the half that they've put together good has been the second half in the last three games before this one. Obviously, this one wasn't the case, but before, it, it, it sounds like we're ragging on, on DeMonte and Frazier. I, I will say, DeMonte did play a pretty good game. I, I mean, he had nine rebounds and five assists. Obviously, he's not going to put up big buckets every night. The big thing from him is those free throws, and he'll tell you that uh, before either one of us do. But, I mean, he was all over in terms of rebounds and assists and and Trent also despite missing time also had five assists so it's not like they played bad games it's just you would have liked to see them step up a little bit when Io clearly you know was carrying the workload and they couldn't seem to get the ball down low yeah absolutely and and you know Kofi can only do so much in these games right it's I mean he's a great player I really thought this whole game he's playing great uh caused a couple turnovers um but those are the things that he, he had or I, I feel like there was things in this game that he had to improve on that he did. The pump faking was good. He made great moves down low in the basket. He put guys in the spin zone. Um, he finished better, I thought. Um, there was that one, um, that one moment where he got fouled. And I'm like, wow, down the stretch, what a great foul against Kofi. I think if you're any team down the stretch, you foul Kofi because you know he can't make those free throws. Um, so he could, if you could force him to not be able to finish and not try to get the end one, fouling Kofi is a great strategy. Um, as long as you're not in foul trouble, uh, because I, I think down the stretch too, he, he really struggles with free throws. We know regular he does, but, uh, when it's crucial, he's, he's kind of struggled as well. So, um, it, you know, he can only do so much now. I think the next move for him is when he gets double teamed with the ball, triple teamed with the ball and they start closing in on him. Where is his outlet? Where is he going with the ball? Does he have Miller open for three? Um, does he have somebody driving, somebody cutting, you know, that's, that's the move. I think if you're Brad Underwood and, and Orlando Antigua, um, that's what you got to focus on now. Because uh, I think in this one game, and I know it's just one game, um, he's really proven that he does have the skills. Um, 
he just has his bad moments in games that that he has practiced well enough and performed well enough in these games you know done the things that I I personally thought he corrected that now you could kind of mix in and and trying to perfect him as an all-around player so we'll we'll kind of see what what happens but you know I'm not too panicked and they're back in action, like you said, on Wednesday against Nebraska. Um, we don't have a chance to preview it before our next episode. We'll recap it on our next episode. So we'll do a little bit of a preview here. Obviously, like Maryland, Nebraska is towards the bottom in the Big Ten. They're not that up to up the Illini caliber, but you're going to have to go to Nebraska and get a road win in the Big Ten. This is one Illinois really needs to win after losing to Maryland. Um, and I think you know a lot of these teams, a lot of these games have – players that cannot size up with Kofi and I mean we talk about this a lot a lot of the games are getting him going early and and keeping him going so I'm going to say that's the biggest key for Illinois in this one yeah I I mean that's that seems to be kind of what's going on with Illinois Um, I I think Nebraska's in our team you can't underestimate you need to go into this game with a chip on your shoulder as you should have the entire game Um, you know I, I think all-around play is extremely important in this one. Uh, a lot of guys got to score. Trying to get Trent involved again because I think when Nebraska struggles the most is when um, you're able to bring guys off the bench um, and contribute. And, you know, when that's happened, Nebraska has found struggles like teams against uh, Michigan um, and, and Ohio State who blew them out by 90. Um, when, when everyone's scoring and your offense is running on all cylinders, um, Nebraska kind of looks lost defensively. So, um, that's, that's my game plan there for <laughs> Illinois. Um, Ted Allen's a really good guard. Um, he's going to be the, probably the main scorer for, um, Nebraska and the Cornhuskers. Um, he's kind of the guy that you, you got to look out for. So yeah, that's kind of all I got to say. I'm excited to see, uh, Thor, Thor Bargerson. I can't say his name, but I think it's hilarious. And I love, I love when you meet the, uh, kind of random Big Ten players with the the crazy names. So uh, that, that'll be fun. Yeah, if I'm taking a stab at it, it's Thor, Thorer Thorb Jarbison, which is insane. That's, that's what it pretty, is, though. You got it right. I'm, that, that is what it is. Yeah. That's, I'm that's positive. Awesome. That's yeah, awesome. You got <laughs> at least a 90% correctness on that one. So they, they do shoot the three. That's kind of how – They'll beat you if they have if they're stroking it from behind the uh, behind the arc. Ted Allen, like you said, and I might be pronouncing this wrong, but Lat Mayen also knocks him down. He had uh, five threes actually in their game today against Indiana. So um, locking down closeouts and boxouts are going to be the key um, defensively and offensively. I know I said Kofi, but I'm kind of with you. You got to spread it out a little bit. Get get a lot of people going. I think this would be a nice game for Adam Miller, Adam Miller to really snap out of that slump and maybe knock down four or five trays and pick up 20 points or so. And Curbelo to maybe not turn it over as much would be nice. But I think this is a game Illinois wins. If I'm going to predict it, I'll say they get a 10-point win on the road, um, 70 to 60. Yeah, I, I, I would love to say the same. I, I, do, um, I do hope that is that, you know, that wide of a margin. But I think it's going to be closer. Um, Illinois needs to have that chip on their shoulder. I'm worried that they're still taking, you know, these games for granted. Hopefully, this will be another sign that they got to get their crap together. Um, I'm going to take Illinois in this one, 75 to 70. Uh, Trey McGowan's man, you cannot leave him open for three. Uh, you have to force tough shots against him, um, otherwise he'll burn you. So 
Um, him and Ted Allen, obviously a uh, decent three-point shooter, but um, a tremendous guard in, in the Big Ten. Uh, those are two guys Illinois has to play incredible defense against. So that's that's what I'm expecting, uh, nothing less than that, and hopefully Illinois wins this one. Gotcha. Yeah, and we'll switch gears here into Illini football. It has been announced officially that Walters is going to be our defensive coordinator. And uh, we had a little bit of more quiet back end of the week in terms of Illini news until today. Uh, Coach Bielema and the Illini football program announced that they have hired tight end and defensive ends coach uh, Ben Miller for tight ends and Terrence Jamison on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, Ben Miller added to this. Uh, I'll, I'll start there. I'll start with Ben. Um, added to this team. Um, it's kind of an interesting hire because I, I kind of expected him um, to be more of the special teams head coach. Uh, he's coached that at, at Air Force for the past 14 years or since 2010, so I guess 11 years, but he's been on the staff for 14 years. Um, he is he's, he's a guy who has you know been around, obviously, for a long time. Air Force typically has had pretty good – uh, linemen and tight ends and um, you know I, I imagine that he might be involved in special teams I know they just announced him as tight end coach but I, I think that they might add uh, tight ends coach slash special teams coach um, we'll kind of see obviously um, you know Bielma believes that you know special teams are extremely important so I wouldn't be too surprised there if he you know adds that to his um, his uh, oh, his job here at Illinois Um but from a kind of recruiting standpoint, a little bit, a little bit lost on that one. Um, not sure exactly what he brings in the recruiting side. Um, but Bielma's a guy who takes recruiting extremely, um, you know, importantly. Thinks it's a huge part of building a team. So um, we'll, we'll kind of see what he can bring. So then the other coach, obviously Terrence Jameson, uh, do love this hire. Um, he is a guy, you know. Whenever you take a uh, coach from another Big Ten team, it feels good. Um, taking this one from Purdue, Jameson has uh, pretty strong roots with the Chicagoland area. Um, he played for Bielema, obviously, which is a really nice, important role. And then, um, you know, he comes from uh, suburbs of Chicago, a little bit south of uh, Chicago, um, I believe from Riverdale, Illinois, I want to say. So um, add him and Bart Miller together on the road in, in the Chicagoland area is a really nice mix. Two guys who have been around, uh, Brett Bielema know him as a coach is hopefully going to be able to sell Illinois really well. So, um, I really like, uh, you know, I like, obviously I'm, I'm going to like the Ben Miller hire just because of his experience, but Jameson, I really feel like, uh, is a great hire for Illinois. Yeah, Jamison played for Bielema at Wisconsin, and if I'm not mistaken, also grad assisted for him there. Um, so like you said, both these guys go back in the, the Bielema pipeline, so good to add them to the staff. The staff is pretty much complete as of this point, right? Um, you still got some work uh, on the uh, defensive side, still need a special, uh, uh, special teams coach, uh, linebacker coach, and defensive True, backs coach. And I think – you could leave, let's see, offensive line, tight end, still need a wide receiver coach. Or, you know, if, if Illinois or if Illinois is really feeling it, um, they might mix that up and add an edge coach, maybe defensive ends coach, uh, outside yeah. linebacker coach. We'll, we'll kind of see what they do. Um, but I believe they have five uh, spots left. Gotcha. Well, a lot. It seems so far a lot of progress has been made. Um, the big boxes that you want to check off early, especially for recruiting, I feel like have also been made. 
um, you know, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, things like that. Um, so they're on the right track. Definitely some momentum for Illini football. Yeah, absolutely. And I think from a recruiting standpoint, you're at least if you're an Illini fan, you're pretty happy with what they got. They got two guys who will hopefully recruit the Chicagoland area better. Um, you have Corey Patterson, a guy who's worked hard um, to get central Illinois in this uh, St. Louis area. Um, and then obviously Walters adds a whole lot to the St. Louis area in terms of recruiting. Um, and he's a guy who uh, recruited uh, Aotele Aote. Um I said that, com- I completely butchered that one. Um, linebacker from Tennessee who is going to be uh, transferring. Um, Aotele Aote. Adio. Oh, I can't say his last name. I'm sorry. Uh, you guys know who I'm talking about. Texas linebacker. Uh, was recruited by Walters. Obviously, was also recruited by uh, Lovey Smith, but Illinois wasn't able to land him. We'll see if they can land him again here in the transfer portal. But um, it's nice that you make this, you know, Walters hire official um, with him just adding his name into the transfer portal. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, next year on the front page, the NCAA has announced that the college basketball tournament, March Madness, is going to take place at various stadiums in Indiana and Teams are going to be able to have players bring family to the games. I think no player can have more than six um, six people. But I did get a chance to talk to Io's mom, kind of the team mom of Illini basketball, Mrs. Desumu. Um, so here's what she had to say a little bit about growing up, teaching Io, living with Io, how it's been without Io and getting a chance to play with him, or excuse me, watch him play and getting a chance to watch him play in person. We're going to play the first half of the interview on this episode, the last half of the interview next time. But here's Mrs. Desumu for Say What? Say What? And it's been pretty well documented that your relationship with Io is special. How would you describe it? Um, it I mean, it's it's kind of typical of a mother-son relationship. Um, his is a little bit different, like probably any other uh, baby. He's the baby of the family. You know, um, I have two sons. Uh, they're each special in, in, you know, total opposite ways. Yakub, the oldest, is special because he was my, my first son. Um, after having two daughters, and of course, Io is because he's the baby of the family, and you know the baby boy at that. So, um, I'm very close with all of my children. We are all we all have, I have a special relationship with all four of them. Um, of course, because Io is in the spotlight, and you know, people see us together more than um, you know me and my other kids. But I'm I'm pretty close to to all of them, and. Um, I again like because he's the baby uh, and he is a true mama's boy. It's you know it's just I think it's just highlighted more so than than with with the other kids. But um, yeah, it's it's a very unique and special relationship, and I cherish it. When when I was young, was there ever a time when you were watching him play that you thought, "Wow, this kid could go to the professional leagues at any point"? I, you know, honestly, I will say um, I I did not like I never looked at it like that. I never put those types of I don't know if it was if it was if I would call it um, stresses. I mean, I knew I know that he enjoyed the. Hold on one second. Okay, I'm sorry. I had to 
get the noise from in the background. No um, yeah, I um, I just I knew that he had a passion for it. <clears throat> I think when I saw he played, so uh, both of my boys. Oh, I'll actually, my youngest daughter Khadijah, um, and both boys they played three sports. They played um, Khadijah played basketball. Um, baseball and volleyball um and the boys played basketball um and baseball and Yaku, my oldest son he played football as well but when we saw my husband is a he's an athlete um my husband's an athlete and he saw Io play baseball and it was just little things that he would point out to me. Um he was like, watch him, look how he does this. It's like he would anticipate, you know, just uh, in other words, he was saying that he had he had a natural instinct as an athlete. He he did things that kids his age didn't do. Um and he always played up because he and his brother are seventeen months apart, but they are two grades um two grades apart. So Io would always play, like when he was in third grade, he would always play with the fifth graders because it was just easier for us. Um, and he was he was as big as them, and he was just as talented as far as, um, you know, um, level or whatever. So he would always play with his brother, and he just had a natural instinct when it came to sports. And so my husband did point that out to me pretty early on, and, you know, I just started – watching it. And then, I, I mean, I just knew that he had a, a, a great passion for the game. Um, it with, Without my husband, would I have been probably as um, adamant or pushed him, you know, to go harder? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I know because my husband, too, is an athlete. He's a coach. You know, it's like he saw something in him that he knew was special. So he made sure that he, you know, kind of molded that um, and then, yeah, we kind of just went from there. But I can't say that, you know, I do remember, though, there, and, and I don't, I, and I actually, to be honest with you, I remember kind of being offended. <clears throat> and, I mean, you, I know the, 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 where we are in the world right now, this might not be the best story to tell, but, um, I mean, it, it, it's, it is what it is. And if you want to use it, that's fine. But I remember he was in, um, probably kindergarten or preschool and I would pick him up um from preschool and the teachers there would just be in total amazement and saying oh my god he was playing basketball and he was so good and he you know made so many shots and you know he was of course this little bitty person and he was you know they were totally thrown away by how well he handled the ball how he could dribble how he could shoot and I was just like, okay, well, can you guys tell me, did he complete, you know, can he say his ABCs? Was he just, was he able to tie his shoes? Did he do, you know, it's like, I don't want to hear about, to me, it was stereotypical. Like, I don't want to hear about him playing basketball. I want to hear how his day, his day was. But there was something then that other people saw, you know, to me, it was just my baby, but other people saw in him that, you know, was, little different was a little special so I do remember that so I can say that you know other people might have seen it and to me he's always just been my baby so 
Gotcha. And so you mentioned basketball and baseball as sports Io played. Was basketball always the favorite, or did he like baseball better at one point? Um, he, I mean, I think Io like. See, I don't. I can't really speak on that um, because I wasn't. That yeah, that wasn't my that wasn't my area um, as far as which one he was kind of better at. Like, my, like I said, with Khadija, my daughter, she played volleyball. I thought she was a much better, better volleyball player than basketball player. My husband would probably say, you know, say the opposite. Um, <laughs> but like Ayo says, I mean, like my husband always says, Ayo's a competitor. So anything he does, he's he's playing to compete at the highest level. He wants to be the best at anything he does. So I think that kind of, motivates and drives him more so than the than the sport i think that if had he played baseball if that was something that you know he decided to do he would have excelled in that as well um because he is he, he, i think he's a, i think that he is god gave him a natural talent um as far as athleticism and the competitive drive that he has in him i think that he would have excelled in, in, in either one of those sports yeah, it absolutely shows when, when he's on the court. Um, so for you watching him from home this season, what has that been like? Um, it's it's different. It's, I've never um, – I think the only time I've, I've had to watch him on TV is um, like his senior year when he played in um, the different all-star games, like the Jordan Brand game. Um, that we weren't able to be there, so we we watched him on TV. Um, and no, no, it wasn't the Jordan Brand. It wasn't the Jordan Brand. It was the Nike Camp, a Nike, yeah, the California, yeah, yeah. ESPN was the first time we saw my husband. Is is, is helping me. He that was the first time we saw him on ESPN um, when he played at the, at the Nike Camp. Um, uh, so that's the only time we we've always been at the game. So. It's a little different, um, but we have all kind of come to the a collective conclusion that it's the best thing. Um, even you know, finding out that there are certain um, states like I know Iowa, you know, they allow the spectators. Um, I think Indiana, and it may be a few more, whatever. And I mean, there are instances where we probably could go to those games, but we. We made a decision to, um, you know, to pass on it just for everybody's safety. Um, I think that it would be harder on me to go to the games and not be able to interact. That's something that I really look forward to. Even when we traveled um, to different to the different um, arenas to watch um, the games, is him coming out after after the game, win or lose, and me just having those, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes with them before they get back on the bus or head back to the plane or whatever the situation was, um, me not being able to have any contact with him, it kind of, it, it makes it bittersweet. So I think that I'm better being able to see it, watch it on TV, um, being able to actually see his reactions. Um, it's, it's from a different lens, but I mean, I, I would prefer to be there, but I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it and I'm okay with it. Gotcha. So was the last time you saw him play in person the Iowa game at the end of last season? Correct. And for the first two years he played uh, with U of I, you were at every game, home or road? 
we were at every game except the only games that we did not go to were Penn State both years, both freshman and sophomore year. Um, it's just something about trying to get that whole trip is is always been in every year. I say, oh my, I'm gonna you know start playing ahead. It's like the the plane tickets are ridiculously high, um, and then the commute because we usually make it. Um, it's usually just a day. Like we actually drove to Nebraska and came right back home. I think it was last year. It might I don't know. I think it, I don't remember if it was freshman year or sophomore year. But we drove to Nebraska and came back home in the same day because um, it was a snowstorm. So we would literally every trip would be. It wouldn't be where we would go and stay in a hotel. We'd go. Um, and, you know, go to the game and then turn around and come right back. Um, so that, those two games, Penn State both years and Nebraska. So yeah, the first one, the the snowstorm was freshman year. The second year it was, um, the game we didn't miss. The game we missed last year was Minnesota because of the, it was, um, below freezing temperatures and we didn't want to get on the road for that. So that was, those are the only three games that we missed. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, every other game we, we've been there. Um, so I was talking to IO in a media availability back in November before Thanksgiving. Um, and I asked him about how it would be doing holidays without the family. And he said, we've been apart for a while now. Have you still not been able to see IO since the summer? I have not, I have not seen him since I picked him up from, um, the hotel at the I, the I hotel, um, when he, I dropped him off and he had to do a quarantine for, I think four or five days. I went to pick him up to move him into his apartment. Um, I went and picked him up, moved him into his apartment, did all the, you know, shopping and got him all settled in or whatever. And that was the last time I saw him. And I think that was the second week in August. I think it was either the second or the third week in August. And that's the last time I've seen him in person. Awesome to talk to her. Um, I mean, you can tell there's never been a question about Io's character. He's always been a guy that had a good head on his shoulders. And from talking to Mrs. DeSumo, you can definitely see why. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Io is a guy who really, you know, prides himself on, on his family and being a family guy. Uh, just really cool that, that, you know, their family dynamic. It's awesome. Love hearing from yeah. her on Twitter. Uh, she's got a great, great, great Twitter handle. So uh, shout out to Mrs. DeSumo. Yeah, she said uh, Io actually told her to stop cursing in her tweets because uh, it takes away from the team goal. So she's uh, he's parenting her Twitter the way she parents him. It's kind of funny. That that is hilarious. I love Io for that. Yeah, it's you know he's definitely got the goal in mind, and they'll get a chance uh, to keep that goal going this week against Nebraska. But before we let you all go, we are going to do an Illini of the week. Sorry, we've been a little bit lackadaisical on that, but we've got a good one this week. Lonnie Perrin, unfortunately, uh, the former star Illini football player has passed away this week. He also made it to the NFL, played for the Broncos, uh, in a Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure. So, um, prayers for the Perrin family and he's our Illini of the week. Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, rest in peace, obviously, Lonnie Perrin. Um, Alani legend uh, died this past week, so, um, you know, best wishes to his family. 
And that'll put a wrap on this edition of Oski Talk. Thank you all for listening. You know you can uh, listen to the podcast on Megaphone and Apple Podcasts, so make sure you do and spread the word. But for now, thank you all for listening to Oski Talk. For Patrick, I'm Anthony, ILL. I ain't